Please be seated. Now, I've, I know I've mentioned before that I didn't really grow up going to church. We weren't churchgoers, my family. Um, but it's not like I had never, ever darkened the door of a church. I mean, I had shown up in one a handful of times in my first 30 years or so. And probably the earliest memory that I have, well, not the earliest probably, but an early memory I had, and I was probably eight or nine, I went to Catholic youth camp a CYO camp in, in southern Indiana. And it was great, you know, we, we made those like uh, key fob things with the little pieces of leather that like crisscross all over. And we made ashtrays, because like everybody smoked back then, and so an ashtray was a handy, I bet they don't make ashtrays anymore. So I'm sure my mother has several lumpy clay ashtrays sitting around her house somewhere. But that's the kind of stuff we did, and we played uh, like capture the flag, and we canoed. We did all the summer camp stuff that one normally does. And at the end of it, we had mass, which was the craziest thing I had ever experienced. It was like this really nice priest, this old guy. Well, he seemed old. He was probably like 35, truth be told. <laughs> and we were, like, were around where the campfire was, you know, at the bottom of the hill. And he did the mass. And, you know, most of the kids were Catholic, and so they knew what to do. And I was totally lost. And then, then we, we had communion, and we had, like, the body and blood of Jesus, which was, like, totally freaking me out. It was like, we're going to eat Jesus? That's crazy. And, and so we did this, and it was, it was really this out-of-the-world experience. Um, that, you know, I did the couple years I went to camp, and that was really kind of it. Um, but most of the time when I got to go to church, it would be like with a friend, and they mostly went to Protestant churches um, where they didn't really do communion, so I didn't have a lot of experiences of that after I was about nine. And I actually was talking to a friend of mine um, that, whose church I had gone to a couple of times. And uh, I remember she was in the handbell choir at her church, which has biased me against handbell choirs ever since. Sorry, sorry. And, um, and, you know, they did the service. And I remember I was talking to her recently, and we were talking about this. And she said, yeah, I remember you guys can't, you came, but you said it was, like, really boring. And, it, you know, I'm sure I thought it was. And, and I think that's kind of the thing about, like, worship, right? If you, you just kind of, like, drop in on a church service, whether it's something as crazy as communion at Catholic youth camp or just regular congregational worship in a Protestant church somewhere in the middle of America, outside of context, it doesn't seem really connected to life in a lot of ways, I think, to an outsider. If you're not a part of the community, it's just like, like these crazy rituals that you do, and you stand up and you sit down and you kneel, and who knows what's going on, and you sing these songs that you would never sing anywhere else, and, and it just seems kind of out there. And so, to be honest with you, I was not particularly attracted to Christianity as a young person because the, my minor experiences of it didn't really suggest to me anything really meaningful and tangible and worthwhile. And it wasn't until I had moved to Oregon, I was about 30 years old, where I encountered people who were authentically Christian in a way that I don't know that I'd ever encountered before. That their faith was something that was expressed in their daily lives. It wasn't just participating in arcane rituals somewhere, but it was something meaningful in how they, they lived their lives. It was the things they did, the way they 
carried themselves, the way they interacted with others. I had never really had my eyes opened to that before. I have every confidence that there were plenty of good Christian people wandering around Indiana in the 1970s, but I didn't meet any of them. But when I moved to Oregon, which by the way is like the least religious state in America, I encountered these people who were authentically Christian in a way that I had never encountered before. And I wanted what they had. I wanted to live the life that they lived. I wanted to have meaning and purpose in the way that they expressed meaning and purpose. And so since I had gone to an Episcopal church for Christmas Eve for a decade, I thought, well, I'll just go and get baptized at an Episcopal church. And so I became an Episcopalian. And it was only when I participated in worship in the context of community that it all began to kind of make sense. And I thought back to that experience at Catholic Youth Camp with the crazy communion where we were eating Jesus. And in the context of community now, when I was embedded and enmeshed in this, this faithful practice, the power that I had experienced as a nine-year-old kind of came to fruition. That in the sacrament of communion, we, we encounter the living Christ. We, we believe that somehow in communion, Christ is present with us. And in some mysterious way, we take him into our very being. He becomes intrinsically a part of who we are. And we become intrinsically a part of who he is. We participate in Jesus' life. And we participate in Jesus' resurrection. And the sacrament is this powerful symbol and uh, means by which this occurs. And it, it's crazy if you really think about it. We're going to go and eat Jesus. But the truth is, it's not just like that we're eating Jesus, it's that we're taking Christ in and becoming joined together, one, so that he is in us and we are in him. Worship is powerful in that way, but it's hard to understand outside of the community itself, that it is an expression of the community's desire to be present with Christ. And if you aren't a member of that community, it just seems mysterious. But the truth is, is that when I think about my own faith journey and I remember those people who made me want to be a Christian, they weren't Episcopalians, but they were authentically followers of Christ. And it was that that really appealed to me. I wanted that. I wanted that life. And the way to that life moved through Christian community. And so I joined the community and I became Episcopalian. But what I learned is that faith requires a whole lot more of us than just participating in the sacrament. That's the starting point. That we come here to be empowered and emboldened and encouraged, to be filled with Christ. So that we go out there and we empty that Christ out of ourselves. And we come back next week and we get more. And we go back into the world and we empty that Christ out. And that the way that we get the life that I really wanted was, wasn't just through participation in worship, although that's, that's the cornerstone, that's where it starts. But it's in all the other disciplines of faith, and I've mentioned these before, but you know, for me I think that means worship, it means prayer, that's a means about having a relationship with God, about being honest to God with who you are, about expressing your needs and desires, not because God needs to know, but because 
You don't become friends. You don't get in a relationship with someone if you don't ever converse. Prayer is important because it focuses our mind on God and on the needs of the world. And we need to do service, right? Jesus gives us the example. He goes out, he feeds the 5,000, he heals the sick. His life has mission. Our life has mission in the context of Christian community as well. That in our individual lives, we are called to serve others, but as community, we are also called to combine our resources to make the world more like the kingdom of God, to live as Christ does, to, to be bringers of peace, to be bringers of reconciliation, to be healers, to be feeders. Those are the things we're called to do. As followers of Christ, that means we have to go where Jesus goes. Following, we can't follow Jesus by sitting here and going, send us a postcard, Jesus. We have to go where he goes. We have to serve people. We also need to study because if we don't understand our story, if we don't understand our, our scriptural witness, if we don't understand our traditions, then, then our eyes aren't opened to the work of God around us. Then we study scripture not so that we can learn some stuff that happened in the past, but because the things that God responded to in the past are the same things that God responds to in today. That the fears and troubles of those people in those Bible stories are the same fears and troubles that we have. And that we should expect that our God, who, who is unchangeable, is going to respond in the same way. And so when we learn these stories from Scripture, we see how God works. And so we begin to open our eyes to God's work here and now. And of course, we need to be generous people. And I don't mean just like opening your wallet and giving out money, although that's an important part of generosity, but about a generosity of spirit, about encountering people with a generous perspective about giving people maybe the benefit of the doubt about about honoring them as being worthy of our dignity and our time and our attention we need to be open we need to be generous not not hoarding not hiding behind our fears not, not hiding behind our worries not, not trying to build barriers between us and them about being generous and opening ourselves up to the possibility that relationships and encounters might bring us. Worship and prayer and service and study and generosity, these are, are the cornerstones of building a Christian life. And by doing those, I discovered that I ended up with that life that I had seen in my friends 20 years ago in Oregon. A life of, I hope, authentic Christianity. A life that is, that is rooted and grounded in worship, but that also is expanded through prayer and service and study and generosity. Because what Jesus calls us to is to be icons of Jesus in our life. That when people see us and they see the way we move through the world and we, they see the way we encounter others and treat others, they see Christ in our actions, in our words. That's how we bring people to Jesus, by allowing them to encounter Jesus in the same way that those 5,000 encountered Jesus in the wilderness. But because Jesus doesn't walk amongst us in his body, he walks amongst us in our bodies. We're the body of Christ together. But that also means that we are the exemplars, that the only way people will encounter Jesus 
is through our hands and feet and words. We are the body of Christ in the world. And so that's our great mission. And the way we build that up is through those disciplines of faith, through, through being a part of this community, by worshiping, by building a prayer life, by studying our scriptures, by serving others, and by generating generous in our, our spirit and our outlook. Because our ultimate mission is to build a world that looks something like the kingdom of God so that Christ can enter into this world and be its ruler. But it takes each of us in our daily lives reflecting, being an icon of God's love in the world around us. Amen.